Cornucopia Radio presents The following show contains violent scenes, acts of a sexual nature and strong language throughout. It might also contain flashing imagery and small traces of nuts. It is unsuitable for children, pets, old people, pregnant mothers, gay people, straight people, bisexual people, white people, black people, people of any skin colour, people with skin, people without skin, and people called George. You are strongly advised not to listen to the following programme and to turn off your radio straight away. Unless you don't want to, in which case, nah. This is the story of Mary Poppins. You can read along with me in your book. You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. Let's begin now. You, yes you, do you suffer from paranoia? Spend too much time indoors? Are you addicted to Rice Krispies and had a childhood fixation with He-Man? Did you take early retirement at 21? Would you break your leg for money? Do you have hallucinatory visions of the Chuckle Brothers? Find you laugh just a bit too much when someone says something funny? Did you used to be addicted to pig donuts? Do you think the world is run by the wrong people, or in fact it's impossible for the world to be run by any people? Do you wish that the wobbles were real? Do you think you're losing touch with the kids? Does your mum still buy your clothes? Does your dad wear in your shoes for you? Do you think that everything around you is bland and getting blander? Do you like this music? Then there's no hope. There is hope. No hope. This week's secret word is Boise, Idaho. Hey ho, welcome along to the Cornucopia Radio Show, filling those awkward 8 hour stretches on Sheffield Live when we don't have anything else to broadcast apart from the automated play out. But fear not, because we're here with some comedy sketches, some short plays, poetry and the odd monologue. And if the fancy takes us, maybe even a few cooking recipes. We've got a large team of writers and performers to back up these big ambitions. And if you want to see what we've produced so far, fly your interweb over to cornucopia-radio.co.uk. The past couple of months, I've been receiving letters from the TV Licensing Authority, informing me that I don't have a TV license. I do, I've had one for years now. I think it's due to a mix-up with my postcode. But what I like about these letters 
is how they try and be threatening and angry, yet fail miserably at that singular task. <laughs> if only there was some way I could let you hear them over the radio. The Cornucopia Radio Show. It's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. Dear Mr. Beeston, Please be aware that you currently do not have a TV license for this property. Please fill out the enclosed form and send your payment to the above address. Thank you. Yours sincerely, the TV Licensing Authority. Dear Mr. Beeston, Please be aware you have still not yet purchased a TV license for this property. We apologise for bothering you and appreciate that you're probably really busy at the moment. After all, with so many excellent TV shows at your fingertips, how could you not be busy? Did you know that we've just launched a new daytime TV show about buying and selling houses? That's a new idea, isn't it? So just send us a cheque and nothing else need be said. Yours sincerely... The TV Licensing Authority. Dear Mr. Beeston, Despite our repeated requests, you still have not purchased a TV license for the above address. Please be aware this means that we have had to transfer your name to a different list on our computer. This list uses a bigger font, and all the text has been formatted in bold. Yes, that's correct. Your name is now in bold text. So I'm sure you now see how serious this matter has become. Please send us the money you owe us, and we'll forget this little regrettable incident ever occurred. Yours sincerely, the TV Licensing Authority. Oi, Beeston, what is it with you? Do you think that we're just joking? Do you think that we're just a bunch of clowns? Do we make you laugh? Well, let me tell you, we are very serious. I know a man who knows a man who once met a guy who said he used to be in the Professional International Army League. Yeah, and I'm sure if I can find out who he is then he's going to come round to your house and punch you, and then we're going to tell the police, and they're going to come and arrest you and throw you in jail, where you'll be forced to poop in a bucket and have bum sex in the showers. Buy a TV license! Buy one! Buy it! Buy it! Buy it! Yours sincerely, the TV Licensing Authority. <laughs> Scumbag! Just because the police told us to get lost and start wasting their time still doesn't mean that we're not coming to get you. 
We've got special high-tech vans, which can see exactly what you're watching on your TV. Also, with our special high-tech vans, we can also fly and transform into huge fire-breathing robots. So you can't run away because we can fly after you and breathe on you and set you on fire. Our special high-tech vans can do all that. Really, they can. Yours sincerely, the TV Licensing Authority. Okay, can someone get the lights for me? Well, first, as I explained, you'll need to catch him. Although, here's where you're in luck. Because Happy is clearly the most heavy set of the dwarfs, and therefore, with a little bit of extra tinkering beforehand, you should be able to set up a simple trap. Some kind of basic hole in the ground that will trigger under his own weight, but not the weight of the other, more smaller dwarfs. Now, transporting him from the trap to the dive vat could pose a problem. The dwarves tend to stick together, and are known to be pretty determined when trying to get each other out of sticky situations. So, the easiest solution, rather than the most elegant one, would be to put the dye vat inside the covered hole in the ground. This way, he'll fall directly into the vat before any of the other dwarves realise what's going on. Granted, there's chance that he won't stay in the vat long enough to ensure a rich, even colour coat, but I guess when you're trying to die happy, these are just the elemental risks you'll have to take. Right. Any questions? Well, I recently decided to move to the city centre of Sheffield. In particular, I had my heart set on one of the new city loft flats being built near the Peace Gardens. I've got a very well paid job and I like to think I've done pretty well for myself over the last few years. I own my own business and, if I'm honest, I deserve to live in luxury. However, after some long discussions with both my bank manager and various accommodation agents, turns out I couldn't actually afford to buy any property in the city centre after all. In fact, at current prices, I fear only a Dubai Sheikh could afford to live in the city centre of Sheffield. Still, just as I was about to give up on the idea of city living, a new opportunity presented itself, and this one was just too good to pass over. The cost of the big wheel in Sheffield is around £6 a ride. When you add up the amount of money you would have to spend to occupy a booth for the entire day, it still works out far cheaper than any other accommodation in the city centre. So, I moved in. Just another go round mate. Yes, it's a little small, but I prefer to use the term cosy. As you can see, I've laid down some lovely carpeting. Also, this chandelier really helps to give the pod a delightful atmosphere, 
and I've just about managed to install my 14-inch plasma TV on the side. If only I had something to plug it into. I regularly throw dinner parties for friends, family and business acquaintances. After all, a family ticket's only £20. They're always remarking how lucky I am to live in the city centre like this. It's a shame really. They're stuck out in the suburbs with their five bedroomed houses, large gardens and low mortgages. They don't say so, but I can tell they're jealous. Oh, and the views? Oh, the views are superb. A wonderful panorama across Sheffield, um, when I'm at the top. And of course, I've got the city centre on my doorstep, when I'm at the bottom. Oh, uh, just another go round, mate. All I can say is, housing crisis? What housing crisis? The Cornucopia Radio Show. It likes to play around with its own format when nobody is looking. Just a quick word to some of the other DJs who have shows on Sheffield Live. There seems to be a bit of bad blood between me and them at the moment. They all seem to think that I've been telling people that this show is far better compared to their own. Which is totally not true. And I want anybody that works here to know that. What I've actually been saying is that their shows are far worse when compared to mine. Which is, you know, like a totally different thing. Okay, dickhead, look at what you've done. Look at what you've done. Are you happy now? I've cut off my own ear and sent it to you. Are you happy now? You can consider this a warning unless you respond to our demands each and every week. I will cut off a different body part and send it to you. This time next week, you can fully expect to feel my left testicle in your hands! Yours sincerely, the TV Licensing Authority. Why? Why? What do we have to do? Just tell us. Look! I'm sorry if we've come on a bit strong. It's just that we've been hurt so many times in the past. All the phoning scandals, the Russell Brand incident, that silly Hutton report thing, fixing university challenge, and yes, okay, if you really want to push us, yes, we'll even admit to knowing that every single episode of two pints of lager and a packet of crisps was totally (laughs) We admit it, okay? But we can change. We can do better. All we're asking is that we just give it a try. Give it a go between the two of us. So please, just please, buy a TV license from us. Don't make us have to beg anymore. Please. Yours sincerely, the TV Licensing Authority.
Mr. Beeston. Okay. Off and go watch Sky instead. See how much we care. Yours sincerely, the TV Licensing Authority. Dear Mr. Beeston, it appears that due to a computer error, we were mistaken in believing that you did not own a TV license when it appears that you have in fact had one for the past 15 years. We apologise for this and any warning letters you may have incorrectly received. Yours sincerely, the TV Licensing Authority. Radio show. The audio equivalent of a computer virus. To be or not to be. My inability to act, that is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to act very strangely. I. There's the rub.
Good evening and welcome to this special one-off episode, Criminal Mastermind, in which we attempt to find the nation's greatest criminal mastermind. I'm your host, John Humphreys. Our first contestant tonight is Benny the Bacon Slicer McPhee. Benny has had a prolific criminal career, which so far has seen him serve 38 years behind bars for a variety of offences, ranging from ABH, GBH, HRT, assault, armed robbery, blackmail and extortion. He's presently on bail awaiting trial for attempted murder. Where the f- hell is Magnus? Unfortunately, Magnus passed away in 2007. I'm the current host. What? Well, don't look at me, pal. In 2007, I was doing time for a bungled robbery attempt. Me and my mate, Big Fist McDuff, ran into a bank with shotguns. I shouted for no one to move. Big Fist McDuff proceeded to move. So I shot him. I see. Big Fist McDuff can't. (laughs) Quite. Well, let's get started on your chosen specialist subject, which aptly enough happens to be the life and crimes of Benny the Bacon Slicer McPhee. Your time starts... Now. How did you get your name, The Bacon Slicer? By separating people from various parts of their anatomy with the use of a bacon slicer. Correct. In 1979, you were caught red-handed in the vaults of the Midland Bank in Bromley. Who was caught with you? Scrotum Nose Jones. Correct. In 1981, Scrotum Nose Jones won the Parkhurst Poetry Contest. What was his winning verse? That would be, uh, there was an old man from Rill who swallowed a dynamite pill. His heart retired, his aspect fired, and his knob flew over the hill. Incorrect. The correct answer was, there once was a man named McNair who had an affair on the stair. The banister broke, so he doubled his stroke and finished off in midair. Oh, crap. During a dirty protest, a prisoner covers himself in... Oh, crap. Correct. Ha, did you hear that? I got one right. And I didn't even know you'd ask the question. Mr. Bacon Slicer, I must remind you, time is passing. In fact, it's gone. My, my, my watch, it's gone. Oh, here it is. On my wrist. Do I get a point for giving it back to you? Or do I have to introduce you to the Bacon Slicer? Correct. In 1985, you bribed a High Court judge into finding you innocent in the Meat for School scandal, in which human flesh was found in meat destined for school kitchens. How much was the bribe? I think you'll find the answer here. Is that £200 you're giving me? Incorrect. I didn't quite catch that. What did you say? Incorrect. In? Correct. Thank you, John. No, that isn't what I meant. Now, will you please take this money back? You're not trying to bribe me, are you? No, it's already yours. So you say. I'll tell you what. Just add a hundred points to my total, and I'll forget all about the bribe. We don't want the BBC getting into trouble again, do we? You can't do that. Oh, I think I can, John. Otherwise, you and me are going to take a walk to the delicatessen. Capiche? Um... (laughs) (coughs) Correct. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, please give a round of applause to Benny the Bacon Slicer McPhee, criminal mastermind of the year with the highest ever score of 105 points and no passes. I didn't know I had it in me. Honestly, this is the happiest day of my life. 
even happier than when I first discovered the joy of pork-based slicing machinery. <laughs> I wonder if I can get on drug deal or no plea deal with no legs. Trust me, if anybody actually listened to this show, I would have had complaints by now. So I can only assume that nobody is listening. So if you are hearing me right now, I've got some bad news. You're just a make-believe character created via my very warped imagination. Sorry about that. Anyway, on with the next bit of the show. Which is, uh... Oh, it's this. Don't worry about it. We'll soon have you sorted out. Clear the way, please. We're professionals. What seems to be the trouble? His name's George Green, Doctor. It seems to have been an accident at home. Doesn't look like an accident to me. Thank you for your opinion, Nurse. But let's leave the diagnosis to the professionals, shall we? Is the policeman who found him still here? A PC Bob Cuneau. While proceeding along my beat, I was alerted to the sounds of a disturbance. On arriving at the scene, I found the deceased lying on the ground. I don't think he's dead yet, Constable. We didn't know what to give him. We fought about the radio times. That wouldn't have helped. Was it a battery or mains-operated radio? Mains, I think. Does it matter? Of course it matters. If it's a battery one, we should still be able to hear it. If it's a mains job... We'll need to find a new cable to make it work. Why do we need to hear it? To locate it. Do we know precisely where the radio is? It's up him. Mm, I thought as much. We don't precisely know. I'll need a scanner. Prep the patient for a radiogram. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. There's a radio in this man's colon, or even semicolon. We'll have to remove it and at the same time take out his ampersand. Are you sure you know what you're doing? Constable, I'll have you know I've removed more hyphens than you've had hot dinners. In the meantime, let's try fitting him with a new cable. Hold him still while I try to connect it. No, it's not working. So much for plan A. Is it one of those new dab radios, I wonder? This is no place for fish puns. This man's very soul is at stake. I wonder if I can get a line on the tuner. I'm floundering here. If we get two of those heart starter watsies and give him some electricity, that might start the radio, and we can hear where it is. By Jove, you're a genius! Give me two of those heart starter watsies and we'll give it a try. I've brought the radiogram. Right. I've got the heart starter watsit. We're switched on. Stand by with the paddles. Preparing to launch. Everyone stand clear. Charging. Uh, you do not have to say anything. That's the wrong sort of charging, and it's cautioning anyway. Uh, charging. Stand by with the telescope. Put both ends in your ears and listen for the signal. Not yet. Wait for the shock before you put the thingy on his body. Anything? No? I'll try again. Charging once more. Uh, The value of the Hubble constant is derived from the ratio of recession velocity to distance for galaxies beyond the local group. Oh, I'm sorry, I was reading the wrong side of the paper. Still, that's recycling for you. Charging. Stand clear. 
Anything that time? No? There's only one thing to do. Prepare him for theatre. Nurse, do my makeup. Open tabs, lower gauze, lights, action! We'll need to knock him out. Done. Uh, pass me a pen. I'll need to mark where I'm cutting. I'd say this is a nice pen. I could get used to this. First incision here, I think. You've spelt it wrong. Oops, so I have. I'll cross that out and try again. Still not right. It's near enough. Incision ends in I-O-N, not S-H-U-N. It'll do. I know what it's for. I've brought the radiogram. Fine. We'll have some music. Any requests? How about Mac the Knife? Very droll. I'll have you know I've never lost a patient. Uh, The knight's still young. Uh, What's his blood pressure? 120 over 80. Hmm. Um, 80 goes into 120 once with 40 over. Uh, 40 over 80 is about half. One and a half. That'll do nicely. Um, I can't reach the radio with my finger, so it can't be a digital set. Are we giving him gas yet? We are. And have we checked for a donor card? Here it is. In the event of malfunction, my valves, transistors, capacitors and or resistors may be removed and used in other radios. Fine. Increase the gas pressure. Double it. Keep that mask over his face. He's ballooning. Now sit on him. Sit on him? That's right. Sit on him. Keep clear the rest of you. He's about to go off. No, it's a transistor radio. Surely you can tell the difference. This is the worst case I've ever seen. That's the trouble with you young nurses. You just don't appreciate quality, vintage Bakelite radios.
This week, I'm going to strike the cue ball quite forcefully towards the bottom right corner pocket. If I've worked out the angle and trajectory correctly, the ball will slingshot itself out of the pocket and pick up a tenfold increase in velocity and, as it hits 88 miles an hour, we'll attempt to see what we in the scientific community call some serious shit. Following this, it will arrive back in time at Berlin 1924, bounce off two cushions, cannon off the green and assassinate a young Adolf Hitler. This will create an alternative timeline in which the cue ball was unable to travel back in time in the first place and suddenly BOOM! I'm a non-event mass with a quantum probability of zero. My name is David Stritch and welcome to another episode of Backpedal, the show where celebrities, politicians and other public figures get the chance to explain their horrendously ill-conceived public remarks and actions. For those listeners who are new to the show, after each guest has presented their case, you will then be asked to vote for the person you believe the most and that person will then be allowed to re-enter public life as if nothing happened, while everyone else will be suspended for a month on full pay in a token bid to show the Daily Mail that something's been done to punish them. To start with today, I would like to welcome our first guest, Bishop Richard Williams, who hit headlines last week for denying that the Holocaust ever took place and who is currently being rehabilitated by the church. Good evening, Bishop Williams. No, it isn't. Pardon? It isn't. It isn't what? A good evening. I see. Well, if you're ready, your opportunity to... Bike pedal starts now. No, it doesn't. Is that it? Aren't you going to say anything? I'm not saying I'm not saying anything. What do you mean? What's going on? Nothing. But you didn't say anything. I did. You didn't? I did. Okay, yes. But only in the sense that words left your mouth. No, they didn't. They did? Well, they put words in my mouth, then. I didn't. You did. You put words in my mouth and tried to take them out again. Pardon? By saying the things I didn't say, you took the words out of my mouth. <sighs> I didn't. Look, is this some kind of joke? No, it isn't. I'd like you to put them back in, please. Right now. What? The words. Put them back in. And how exactly do I do that? Deny I said anything. Oh, like you did with the slaughter of six million Jews. I didn't say that. But you're here to bike-pedal. That's the name of the show. That's why you're here. Besides, I can't put words back into your mouth after you've said them. Yes, you can. Well, I can't, and I won't. It's all irrelevant anyway, since this has all been recorded for radio. We've got everything you've said on tape. No, you haven't. I don't believe this. Yes, you do. Aha! Are you denying my last remark? No. Hang on. That means you are. You've been denying everything since you got here. I haven't. Aha. Uh-huh. You've already denied that. Got you now, bucko. Can we get a playback of that last bit, please? Hang on. Uh, 
Aha! Are you denying my last remark? No. Hang on. That means you are. You've been denied everything since you got here. I haven't. Aha! Uh-huh. You've already denied that. You see? It was recorded. So, Bishop Williams, what do you have to say about that? Are you still denying that this conversation has been recorded? And furthermore, did you deny last week that the Holocaust took place? I deny I denied that. Well, do deny that as a result of your comments, Karl Lehmann, the head of clergy in Germany, has ordered your immediate rehabilitation. I also refute that contradiction. Okay. Is it fair to say that since you made the remarks, the Catholic Church has suggested that you emphatically deny everything that anybody puts to you? No. Okay then, is it unfair to say that? No. Deny one more thing and I'll shoot you where you sit. No, you won't. I didn't shoot anyone, see? It's easy. If he can deny things, so can I. No, you can't. Um, terribly sorry about that, listeners. But it just seems that David Stretch has just shot Bishop Williams. No, he didn't. Don't try to speak, Bishop. I didn't. We're going to have to end this now. We'll be back soon with the rest of today's guest. But first, we're going to have some short messages from our sponsors. No, we're not. Cornucopia Radio Show. Allow us to explain our thoughts using the medium of interpretive dance. Disclaimer, the following recipe is unsuitable to Siamese twins and anyone currently sat on a Sibian. some shampoo on your slap as you shake your sexual shallot 66 shimmies. This shower should send you in shivers similar to those suspended in space shuttles. Shove some sambuca down your stomach, sustaining a sober state until 17 seconds past 6, at which point you should assume a straining squatting stature. Stamp the bare of the legs like a sumo as you scream. I can smell the socks of shaking Stevens and suits me, sir. By this point, you should suck a sanitary towel, question in your sanity, and book several sessions with a psychiatrist. Finally, spit your saliva at the Samaritans in a swimsuit as you single out suicide as the only possible solution. Try saying that when you're rat-arsed. Well, I'm just a bag of guts and stuff And I'm all bloody inside A thin layer of skin is all that holds it in And I'm all bloody inside And if you'd see me, oh, don't wanna be me, no You'd probably close your eyes And inside me, well, it's dark and gross as hell I'm not a pretty side Cause 
Just a walking, talking bag of guts and stuff And I'm all bloody inside If you wanna get to know me then I suggest You start on the outside Cause I'm sure that that's my good side And if you see me, oh, don't wanna be me, no You probably close your eyes And inside me, well, it's dark and gross as hell And I'm not a pretty sight Cause I'm all bloody inside Cause I'm all bloody inside <sighs> Hey Vincent, uh, how's it going? Killed anybody today? Sorry Mr. Peter I'm too busy to talk. I've got to clear out my desk. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, what did they fire you for? Is it because you're crazy? Oh, no, Mr. Peter. It's not that. I've resigned. I've got a better job elsewhere. Better than this? Wow. That narrows it down to about 18 trillion possibilities. Uh, what's the job? I've been adopted by Madonna. <laughs> Sorry, do you mean you're helping out Madonna with the adoption process? Because the way that you say it makes it sound like... No, that's right. I've been adopted by Madonna. She is now my legal guardian. Okay, just to get this right in my own head. What you're saying is that you... A 30-something-year-old man, whose natural parents are still alive, by the way, have been adopted by a female 50-year-old multi-million-pound recording artist, one of the most recognisable faces on the planet. It's, you know, a little weird, isn't it? How is it weird? It's not like she's going to want to breastfeed me or anything. That's not what you're thinking, is it? <laughs> well, I am now. Man, I'm going to need some serious therapy to get rid of that mental image. Apparently, it's all the rage. We men from Kensington are this year's must-have item. Kind of like African babies were last year, or Teddy Ruxby the year before rare. She does seem to be adopting an awful lot of people, doesn't she? Apparently, she now owns over 45,000 legally adopted humans. I think she's planned to start up her own country, all based around eating lentils, worshipping Kabbalah, and making terrible, terrible movies. Where there is Godmother, incarnate to all blessed children who drink from her juices. Stop it with all the juice drinking, please! The country lives in constant fear of attack, though. The 43,000 legally adopted children of Angela Jolie could declare war at any time. <laughs> the last great battle of our times, eh? Actually, Angelina wanted to adopt me as well, but I said no. The kind of people she adopts are just plain weird. Which you are clearly not. What kind of people would agree to something like that? Hey, I'll uh, see you guys later. I've got to get off and get my passport changed so it reads Nick Jolie. That kind of person. Okay, I'm going to go back into the studio. Try not to shoot anybody while I'm gone. I'm not making any promises, Mr. Peter. The Cornucopia Radio Show, also available on CFAX page 267.
Good afternoon, Jones Jones, Piper and Jones, list free agents, home of the damned. What? Is he now? Well, of course, show him in, show him in. Dave Peltzier, Dave the Rave, Davey, Davey Wavy, Davey as Maximus, gladiator of the misery memoir. How goes it? Ah, yes, two little letters, so many, many millions. Sit down, you drunk. Yeah, that's abusive language. I should sue you for harassment brought about by verbal abuse intent to cause psychological harm through intimidation. <laughs> <laughs> so, what can I do you for? It? Yeah, that's just it, you see, Chad. I'm in some financial trouble. I've got an, an ex-wife into me for tons of alimony. I've, I owe hundreds of thousands to the IRS. The, the pool at my Malibu beach needs an extension. Bluebell and Trixie, my 18-year-old. Blonde twin stripper girlfriends need boob jobs and my latest trip to rehab isn't going to pay for itself, you know. Basically, I'm looking for a new gig. I see. What have you got for me? I need work. Well, Dave, I don't know what to say. You've pretty much milked every sordid detail of your life so far. What else have you got left to write a book about? Okay. Here it is. Let me pitch this one to you. Ready? A child called It wants a speedboat. Hey, It's the true story of my utter neglect and psychological and physical abuse and torment at the hands of my cruel mother for not letting me have a speedboat when I was five. But we've done that 23 times or so. Look, there's a boy called It, the lost boy, a man called Dave, Dave is It. It is Dave. Steve King's It. Steve King is not It. Dave is Dave is Dave. It was once what Dave was called, but now he's called Dave. Dave is brave. Brave Dave. Dave decides that it was a cruel nickname. Actually, Dave is going to use it as a nickname in an attempt to reclaim the word it in an ironic sense, like a disabled person uses the word cripple as a term of being self-referential. I mean, the list goes on. You've made millions. What happened to it all? I spent it. Come on, Dave. Look. I think this one will really work. When I was five, I watched an episode of Hawaii Five-O and they used a speedboat to catch the criminal. I really wanted one. I just don't think he's going to cut it anymore. People don't have sympathy with you, especially since Leon the Pincushion Smith brought out his misery memoir. I am the most physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, psychologically, universally, culturally, religiously, enormously abused person in the history of the whole world and all the humanity in the world at all points in history, past, present and the future, ever. Now that was a book. Yeah, he's just a pansy. I could kick his ass any time. I wanted a speedboat, Chad. A speedboat. Look, what about another genre? Well, we've tried them all. We've done sci-fi, romance, paint by numbers, pop-up books, even horror. I'm still not sure what you were thinking when you ended in a book called A Zombie Called It. Yeah, that could have worked if you'd have backed it. Each chapter had you as a different mythical beast turning up and taking revenge on your mother. It was boring. You even tried chiclet, remember? The cheesecake, shopaholic, period pants, I fancy him, but he doesn't know I'm alive, God I'm fat, confessions of a child called It. Well, I was doing a lot of coke at the time. Don't say. Come on, what do I pay you for? Look, I've got this one idea. It's a little bit extreme, so hear me out. How about you have a child and abuse it? Go on. Well, it ties into that dubious psychology 
that goes in cycles. You know, the abuser becomes the abuser. We do a whole series of books, each one a little bit more extreme than the other one. Yeah, yeah, maybe. In the first one, I just, I just push my child, you know, just give him a little tap. Yeah. Then in the next one, you force your child to do the dishes. Yeah. Then in book three, tie it up and beat the living... <coughs> <coughs> now, hold on a minute. I'm Carl Stein Sprimmerstein, a representative of Deus Ex Machina and Associates. I'd like to read this prepared statement. I have been ordered to stop this sketch on the grounds that it is a bit crap, really. It labours points and relies heavily on list humour, which is dubious at best. The nigh on slanderous and deeply cynical view that the character Delph Pelzier, itself a thinly veiled impression of the real-life Delph Pelzer, who is cynical enough to have children for the sole purpose of abusing them and writing about it. It's not only extremely difficult to finish in a dramatic sense, it is also a perfect example of somebody trying too hard to be a bit edgy, to the point where it's just plain offensive. This sketch may have started out with the potential to comment on the morality of the literacy establishment using people's real-life pain in order to make a quick buck and bypassing the ensuring moral outrage by selling it under the umbrella term of inspirational true stories. But what we saw here today quickly descended into pseudo-satirical commentary on the nature of greed and ultimately it went on for far too long and laboured its point exhaustively. Wasn't even that funny either. We at Deus Ex Machina and Associates are against this type of lazy writing and we hereby lobby for this sketch to end now before it further sullies the good name of Sheffield Live. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. We still get paid for performing this though, don't we? As a human, life is easy. There's nothing wrong. As a human, life is easy. Absolutely nothing wrong. Do not feel guilty. Be quiet. Don't scream and shout. Stand still. Make life run as smoothly as possible. Always come when called. Come when called. Come when called. Expect good manners. Be friendly, confident and socially acceptable. Treatment can be instigated. Remember that you're a dog turd. As a human, life is easy. There's nothing wrong. As a human, life is easy. Absolutely nothing wrong. Go to the toilet. Go to the toilet. Go to the toilet. Go into the toilet. Go into the toilet. Put it away and move on. Avoid temptation. Be productive. Ignore the big wide world. Take no notice. Dogs or humans, sheep and cattle, dogs or humans. As a human, life is easy. There's nothing wrong. As a human, life is easy. Absolutely nothing wrong. This is, however, a fairly extreme simplification. This is an appropriate moment to mention human common sense. As a human, you've got problems. It's very bad. As a human, you've got problems. Human sense. Common problem. Feel guilty. Make a big fuss. Become irritated. Become really anxious. Become frightened. Be completely counterproductive. Get into bad habits. Be late for work. Go self-employed. Transmit an incorrect message. Wage war against newspapers and anything else that enters the house through the letterbox. 
birthday cards, bills, paychecks, it's all the same. This one really is down to you. As a human, you've got problems. What do you mean I have a problem? As a human, you've got problems. I do not have a problem. As a human, use this information to your advantage. A quiet little chap in the corner will be discontinued. The twisted corpse. Oh! <laughs> the Cornucopia Radio Show. It's like television, but for the ears. Unbelievable. Uh, Mr. Tatlin, uh, yeah, I believe you're looking after actor Christopher Lloyd while he's uh, in the country? That's correct, yes. Is he here now? Uh, well, he's uh, sat around the corner, but I'm afraid he's received a bit of a bump to the head on the way out the hotel, and he's uh, not exactly feeling him uh, himself. M Mr. Lloyd, it's Martin here from... Hardy, you've got to come back with me! No, Martin! Tin! I believe you've had a nasty strike to the head. Oh, when I came to, I had a vision! A picture in my head! A picture of this! This is what makes time travel possible! The flux capacitor! Yes, that's a drawing of the letter Y upside down. What year is this? It's 2009! 2009! The year the hoverboard was invented. I've got to get back to 1985 and feed my dog Einstein. Mr. Lloyd, I, I don't know what you're... Lloyd, the name's Brown. Dr. Emmett Brown. Right, okay. Uh, Mr. Brown, I I'm worried that you're not okay to be carted around today. You have a very heavy schedule. Heavy, heavy, heavy! What is that word again? Heavy! You have an interview with Fern and Philip at 11, an appearance on Paul O'Grady at 5, and it... No man should know too much about his own destiny! Right. I'm going to have to cancel all these appearances, Mr. L uh, Brown. Um, we'll have to get you a flight back to... Back to the future! Yes, Mr. Brown. But we can leave the exact details of that for further down the road. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. It's going to be a long day. <laughs> That was the Cornucopia Radio Show, Part 2, The Barge in Basement, Kenny Everett. It starred Peter Beeston, Nick Card, and Michael Thompson. It also featured Chris Drury, Nick Draper, Robert Perkins, Andrew Martin, Andy Finity, Peter Drobinski, Renate Reynolds, Chris Lloyd, Phil Mason, Stephen Bullivant, Barry Fisher, David Reaney, George Webster, and Jason Turner. It was written by Peter Beeston, Jason Turner, Andrew Martin, and Andrew Callow. Medical supervision was by Peter Quistgard. This show was edited and directed by Peter Beeston and is copyright 2010 to Cornucopia Productions.
Dear Mr. Beeston, Please be aware that you currently do not have a TV license for this property. Please fill out the enclosed form and send your payment to the above address. Thank you. Yours sincerely, the TV Licensing Authority. This is Sheffield Live 93.2 FM. That was the last show you will hear on this radio station, as everybody that works here has been sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. However, they promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the South Yorkshire Underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as broadcasters of fortune. So instead, this frequency will now broadcast the sounds of a dog trapped in a recording studio, 24 hours a day. Good day to you.